Richard is uh, an elder here. Most of you know that, but some might not. And uh, Richard's going to share with us tonight in an area that I so deeply admire him for. Uh, he's got a handle on partnering with God in the area of blessing and giving and finance and so on. He's an example to me. I've never said that to him, I don't think, but you are. And uh, I'm excited to sit here on the front row and be changed by what he has to say. So I commend what you're going to teach us, uh, and I commend you guys to listen to him. And then for those of you that are new, what's going to happen, we're going to go through some teaching. The worship team's going to come back out. We're going to worship. And then after that, there's snacks over there. Um, I do want to mention before the fact that uh, there are two chests back on the wall, and there are these buckets up on front. There's a blessing in giving. We need and can use your offering. And so give as your heart indicates. The Lord's going to return it. And this is pretty good ground uh, to sow it into. Um, it seemed better to ask for the offering before you taught about money than afterwards, because that seems sort of weird. But uh, you may have something more you want to add. So anyway, bless us. Um, I've, I've been, uh, you know, I, I'm 70 years old. I've learned a few things about finance and, uh, still learning, um, just by going to Karis Bible College and going through their business class, I learned a ton of stuff and it, 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 it uh, opened my eyes and gave me a better vision of what God wants to do with, with my life, with my family and, um, and I believe it's for, for every family here, every believer, because I believe that God wants to bring forth um, true finances in each and every one of your lives. He wants to, and we, you know, the scriptures that I'm going to go over, you've all heard them. There's nothing new. But if you just have an idea of placing these scriptures in the right place to see what God wants to do through you to change a city, to change a nation, I think um, we'll see some amazing things. Hallelujah. Personally, I believe God wants us rich. Now, the, the, when you first say that, the Christian world, red flags come up because we've gone through... Uh, Name it, claim it, uh, the faith movement, um, just all these different things about, well, you got to tithe, you don't have to tithe, all these various things, and it just makes it confusing just for the everyday Christian of where we stand with God in this realm of finance. And, uh, and he has a lot to say about it in his word. It's just that we have a tendency to... Uh, not look there because it's uncomfortable sometimes, um, because it means work. I got to work at it. I've got to, I've got to uh, uh, restrain myself in some ways. I've got to uh, budget. Oh God, what a word! Uh, so there's certain things about finance that we just we never learn. We never learned it in school. We never, uh, and so we pick it up on the way. Uh, we we get a checkbook. And we figure out how the checkbook works, and uh, feel, we figure out immediately after we've uh, overdrawn our checkbook, and then realize we've got a penalty there. And then, uh, you know, as we as we get older, we we 
buy things on credit and so forth. And it just we just bury ourselves in in the wrong way of finance to where God can't use us in the area of finance. Um, I have a reason for believing that everybody wants that God wants you rich, and I and I believe there's a foundation there for that uh, in God's Word, and uh, I believe that that um, the reason why we've had so much problem with it is because we've been looking through it through the church's eyes instead of the kingdom's eyes, and it's the kingdom that makes the big difference in what God wants to do with us. Hallelujah. Just to recap from last time, there's two systems, God's way of doing things in our finances and the, and the world's way. And immediately we learn the world's way. Uh, it's only by listening to other people that have, have uh, some financial knowledge and, or we come across a CPA that says we need to do something different or we come across a Christian speaker that has a handle on that kind of thing and they teach us how to, how to get out of debt and so forth. The world's way is what we know, and it's, and it's hard to break because it pulls at us. It's, there's this craving that, that draws us into wanting stuff now. And especially in the, in the uh, uh, society we live in, the day that we live in, it's, it's uh, instant gratification. We want it, and we want it now. Not just a little bit. We want the whole banana. We want everything that we can have. And then we look at our parents that, had, uh, that worked all their lives, that saved and so forth, did the right things in a lot of ways, but we really never learned that. We just saw that they live in a great life. I need to live in this great life, but I'm going about it in the wrong way. I'm going about it by, by doing the world system which gets us into trouble, gets us into areas that we shouldn't be in. And it, but the bottom line is, God can't use us. And he, he can use us in other areas, but when it comes to finances, we're, we're stifled. I feel like we're in a place where, where um, it's, it's the old wineskin and having to change out the old wineskins and put them into the new wineskins. Already? <laughs> well, I don't ever get a chance to do this to myself. Everybody else does, if you know here. Just one question. What do you mean by rich? That's, that was what, that's what we're going to get into. Yeah. Uh, by the end of this, I hope that we can understand what that means. Um. Uh, the old wineskins thing. Now, throughout my life, I've been throwing out old wineskins just because I've got new revelation having to, having to add this new wineskin in my life. And I think that's a constant thing if we're growing in Christ because we're constantly learning. So we find something that we once knew or we once thought we, we knew only to discover we didn't understand that scripture or whatever it may be. Uh, the way it should be, and so now we need this new wineskin. And so I'm hoping that we can get this new wineskin for finances, for what God wants to do in our lives with finances. <clears throat> uh, we've, my wife and I went on a trip, and uh, we were able to go 
go away for a long weekend. And uh, we went to this little little sea area, sea sea town, sea town, uh, ski area in uh, in uh, New Mexico. And what we we had a great time, and one of the things that we did was we got to know our servers every time we went out to, uh, to dinner, breakfast, whatever. And we just asked them, tell us about yourself. And they would freely tell us, and we were able to speak into their lives through that. And when we got the bill and so forth, and it was time to pay the bill, I didn't look at the bill and say, how much do I need to tip? I asked God, God, what do you want to do in blessing this individual. And it was such freedom when you're not having to look at your pocketbook and say, okay, I can't get, I'd like to give them, I'd like to give them 20%, but my budget only has 10%. And so I'm only going to give them, you're, you're restrained. Now, this is a simple thing. This is not very big, but it's the freedom to be able to bless someone without thinking, What's in my pocketbook? What do I have there? The other thing that I mentioned last time was our, we follow where our wallets are, meaning our giving. And if one of the things that we do every year, at the end of the year, we look at how much we've given, who we gave to, and to see what we need to do for next year to increase that. I would encourage you to look and see where you have been giving because that's an indicator of where you are because God says where your heart is or where, your, where the money is, that's where your heart is also. And God, and it's because, I hope for you, hopefully that you can go see that, that uh, last uh, session that I had because uh, God wants to bring, we want to, God wants us to bless in areas and he wants to bless us in finances and he can't do that if we're going to be stingy in what we're doing. The, I think the, the, um, the, uh, the place to start with the Father's heart is in Luke 4, 18, where Jesus turns to Isaiah and it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the release of the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind and set free those who are oppressed. I see this as an, in, a, in a seed form because we can see it expand as we add to this and get a bigger picture of what God wants to do. Another place is the Lord's Prayer where he says in Matthew 10, your kingdom come, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So here we get a picture of what God is wanting to do here on earth. He's wanting us to bring this kingdom of, of heaven within us into around our world. And part of that is in our finances and in our wealth. Uh, we have in Matthew, I'm interested in Matthew 1 1. It says uh, at the very first uh, sentence, it connects Jesus with Abraham and David. And if you know about Abraham and David, God gave covenants to Abraham and David. So I think it'd be wise to look at those covenants to see what is it 
that's connected their covenants with the kingdom that Jesus wants to bring forth in our, in our day. Uh, in Luke 1, 31-33, it's the David, Davidic uh, covenant is, um, is fulfilled in this scripture. And it says, Behold, you will receive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him, name him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord of the and the and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign and over the throne, house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. This is relating to this is this is uh, uh, relating to what Jesus is bringing forth, his kingdom to usher into the world. And then we see in uh, in Samuel two. Or Second Samuel, um, we see that that was this, the the prophecy that that David received was in Second Samuel seven, uh, where Nathan came and prophesied over David. And here we have the the uh, fulfilling of that in Luke. Um, God's covenant with Abraham goes into the span of his his uh, life, and that starts in in Genesis twelve and goes clear through twenty four. Those covenants include uh, make your name great. He said, "I will bless you. Will be a blessing, and all the families of the earth will be blessed. The descendants, uh, your descendants, will be numbered as the stars, and it'll establish." an everlasting covenant. So if you can picture this kingdom that's going to be a blessing, all the families of the earth will be blessed, the descendants will be as numbered as the stars. So we're looking at something that's going to be big, something that's, that's going to encompass not just this little church, but also the city, also the nation, also the world, as we get a vision. The thing about money is the less you have, the less, you, the ve- less vision you have because you can't see you doing anything. You can't see yourself supporting a, a candidate full-heartedly or you can't see yourself um, building a, a, um, uh, a well for a third world, third world country because you just don't have the money. So your vision isn't there. Your vision is maybe, wow, I can, I can tip my waitress, my, my server, more money than I could. But the more money you have, the more vision you have for what you can do. Because as you expand that which God gives you, then you're gonna, he's going to also expand the realm of your influence in the places where you're at. Uh, the other thing is, is um, David and Abraham had what they called a grant covenant. During that time, they had many covenants. Right now, we have contracts with one another. You make out a contract, you sign it, and that's the legal thing with you. During that time, they had various contracts or various covenants. The one that uh, David and uh, Abraham had was a was called a grant covenant. And it's a covenant where a greater or lesser person uh, came into covenant and the greater one took on all the obligations. The lesser one only needed to receive the covenant. Isn't that what we have with Jesus? He brought forth the new covenant. 
All we need to do is believe in Him and have faith in Him that what He says will be true. That is what the covenant they had with them. There was no obligation on their part. They just need to know, just to know that this is what God wanted to do with them. And they were faithful in that. Uh, they also had a, what they called a, a, a salt covenant during the time. And it was a, uh, apparently people had a, had a little bowl of salt that they had around their, their waist. And, and if you made a covenant with someone, uh, you would, each person would put, no, each person would take a pinch of their, of their bag and place it into the bag of their person that they're having a covenant with. They'd do it both, both ways. The only way to break this covenant was if you could pick out your grains of sand in their little bucket. And so, uh, obviously, this is a covenant that was going to last a lifetime. So there was many covenants during that time, and we don't have time to go into any of the other ones, but uh, they're interesting to, to look at and, and, dis- and discover. So how does this all relate to us? Uh, I mean, this, the Abraham covenant relate to us. And in Galatians, we see that in uh, chapter 3, verse 6 um, uh, through 9, it says, Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it, that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. The Scripture, foreseeing the God we're seeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. So then, those who are faithful are blessed with Abraham, the believer. And then uh, the same chapter, verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And then going on to 26, For you have all sons of God, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ, who clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither a Jew nor Greek, nor uh, slave nor free, nor male or female, for all of you are one in Christ. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heir according to his promise. So we have expanded our just ourselves, not just with Jesus, but with these two other covenants that mean a tremendous amount in the, in the making and bringing forth of the, uh, of the kingdom of God. It's interesting, when you look at Acts, even, even all the teaching that Jesus gave when he was getting ready to take off, they still didn't get it. They said, is this the time that you're going to establish your kingdom here on earth? And they were thinking this natural kingdom. Jesus said, no, but what I'm going to give you is supernatural power so that you can rule and reign in the, in the way the kingdom is supposed to work. So as we receive this supernatural power, it's not just for ministry in teaching and, and, and talking about Jesus in the public square, but it's also about receiving that supernatural power in our finances. 
and being able to reap what God wants to bring forth in our life. We are called to, I believe, we are called to not only change ourselves, but be the influence in the city and be influence in the nation and so forth. And I'm sure you've all heard about the teachings of the seven mountains. The seven mountains include the family, religion, education, business, media, government, arts, and entertainment. These mountains are huge. And today we look at these mountains and we go, there's no way. You look at the media mountain, how in the world does that, we even enter into that? Education. We have allowed our education system to go down the toilet. The way they're teaching our children today is just appalling. We look at, at the family, destruction to everywhere, where we don't have a father in the home, and we have uh, addiction everywhere. We look at, we look, and then we, uh, and then divorce, even in the body of Christ. We look at business, and if you look at our government, the way it handles money, we're in serious hurt. God wants us to be influencing in those areas. And how does he do that? He does it by using you, by using me, in our finances. When God can bless you and make you rich and have the proper understanding of how to be rich and what that means in the kingdom of God, He can use you in such a mighty way to change these mountains and be an influencer. You may have, as I listed one of these mountains, one of those might have stuck out to you because of your interest or whatever it may be. I would suggest that that is a mountain that God is calling you towards and that you should pursue that mountain and see what you can do in the area of that mountain. Government. You see, a, you, if that's something that draws you, you could be looking at who's running your local government and be supportive of, of those people that would change things in your local government. In the education, the school board and so forth, looking at these areas and seeing where can I be an influence in these areas that are going to not only affect me, and my family, but my city. I mean, if you can start there, that's beginning to see the vision of what God wants to do. And as you increase in that, He can, as you go further in that, and you start giving, and you see how giving and receiving works in your life, and how God wants to bless you, then it can be expanded into other areas. God is so wanting you to be a part of this type of giving, this type of area of giving and being an influence in other people's lives. How, how would you like to, you come across a family and they're going through a marriage crisis. You know that they need counseling, but they can't afford counseling. Their insurance only covers five sessions. 
Now, I know through my marriage counseling, five sessions is not enough. We were there at least a year, and we learned a lot of things. But let's say you come across this family, and you hear, and they understand that they need to go to a counselor. And they say, but we just don't have the money for this. $65 a whack, once a week. I, I just, I just don't, it's not enough, we can't afford it. Wouldn't it be great if you saw this couple that you were giving into, that you could pay for their, their recovery in a, in a marriage? What would that mean for you? Being able to help this couple work through these, these, these problems in their life so that they could be individuals that stand tall in their, in their church and say, you know, we had someone that would stand for us. I just don't want you to be the individual and say, well, I'd love to help you, but I, I don't have the money either. These are areas that God wants us to be involved in. That's part of relationship. That's part of building relationship. That's part of the church. Now, Jen and I, we've, we've, we have, God has worked in our lives and worked in our finances so that that wasn't a deal. That wasn't a problem at all. No problem whatsoever. Had it lasted two years, it would have been no problem. But not everybody's like that. I understand that. I don't know what, what insurance gives, but it's not very many times. Whatever it is, it's not enough. I asked God about... How can I get across your, your heart that they could uh, see and, and feel? And I was reminded of a, of a clip from a movie. So I'm gonna sh- I want to show you, um, this is from Schindler's List. And this is at the end of the, end of the uh, uh, movie. Schindler, if you know anything about him, he was, um, uh, how many know about Schindler's List? Everybody knows? Okay. Because he, he brought a lot of Jews out of, out of, uh, uh, out of uh, where they were going to be killed and into safety. And um, so this is a clip from that. Thank you, Mr. Yarek. Thank you, Mr. Yarek. Thank you, Mr. Yarek. Thank you, Mr. Yarek. Open wide. Thank you, Mr. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Yeah. I want, um, I want that cloth distributed to the workers. It's two and a half meters each. Also, each person is to get a bottle of vodka. They won't drink it. They know its value. Likewise, those Egyptian cigarettes we organize. It'll be done. Everything you ask. 
we've written a letter trying to explain things in case you were captured. Every worker has signed it.
<laughs> I have yet to watch that without crying. Why did he do it? To me, that's the heart, father's heart. At the end there, he said, if only I had more money. If I only hadn't squandered the money that I, that I had. This is where God wants us to use us in our finances. This is why he wants you to be rich. In his kingdom, doing it his way. We sing a song called... Uh, no longer slaves. And it's talking about no longer slaves of being afraid. And sometimes that, that fear keeps us from entering into the areas of finance that God doesn't, that we're, we're afraid of. Where God wants to expand ourselves, we cut ourselves off because we have a fear of, well, I can't do it, I can't do that, I don't, I don't have the, the ability, I don't, whatever it may be. So we don't pursue it. Uh, during my business course at Keras, I uh, they went through a lot of things of how you could earn money and how how you could uh, uh, start a business and so forth. And they were all really good, very interesting. And I tried to see myself in all these various places. Uh, then they started talking about. Uh, Real estate, and I and I really felt, wow, I I think I can do this. And not knowing, having any knowledge of it, and still learning. But but God was able to walk me through as I took the counsel of what I was taught and apply it to my life. We bought our first fourplex. And we worked with this, and we worked with our realtor that knows all about the stuff. I mean, any problem we had, we could talk to our realtor, we could talk to our CPA, we could talk to our bank. They would have the answer. Because I, this is first for us. That same year, at the end of that year, we bought another fourplex. We said, we, could, we can do this. And so we bought our second fourplex. And then the next year, we bought two more fourplexes. So now we have four fourplexes, 16 units, and then the, then the market went crazy. So we just we, we pulled from buying, but just taking care of what God has given us and to help to understand what we have and how we can operate in that and build our capital for more investments and uh, it's, been, it's been very successful. But it was, it was through God that brought it about. So I'm saying to you, look at the areas that God is showing you. See where he wants to place you. See where he wants to move you into an area that you'll be better equipped to be able to receive, give and receive in his kingdom, knowing it's him that's building it in you. And of course, if we only know the world system, we've got to learn something different. And we all know about building a good foundation because that's what the Word talks about, right? 
in Luke 6, 40, 46. What good does it do for you to say, I am your Lord and Master, if you don't put into practice what I have taught you? Let me describe one, uh, let me describe one who truly follows me and does what I say. He is like a man who chooses the right place to build a house and then lays a deep and secure foundation. When the storms and floods rage against the house, it continues to stand strong, unshaken through the tempest. But he built it wisely on the right foundation. But the one who, has, uh, but the one who heard my teaching and doesn't, o- doesn't obey, it is like a man who builds his house without laying any foundation at all. When the storms and flood rage against that house, it is immediately collapsed and, because of, and became a total loss. Which of these two builders will you be? We know about foundation because we've learned it if you've been in the Christian community very long, you've, you've, heard this, you've heard the messages about building a right foundation. You build a right foundation in your, in your marriage, you're going you're gonna to reap a successful marriage. You, re, you build a right foundation on your job, you're going to have favor in your job, and you're going to have being able to, uh, you're going to have, be able, you're going to have, favor with the people that you work with, favor with your boss, and be able to expand in your job. I went from working on the floor, clear up to management, overseeing a a plant in Florida. I mean, it was amazing what God will do when you place him first in your finances. And I'm running out of time. And I've got more to go. (laughs) So I I just want to... um, we, so, so building the right foundation in our finances, getting out of the world system, and hopefully next week I can get into areas of, we, of, of helping us get out of those areas of, 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 uh, of where we're stuck and see the bigger picture of what God wants to do. Um, we will need, need to be faithful in, in, our, in our management. Um, the, the passion, Luke, 1610 uh, in Luke on the, in the Passion Bible. The one who faithfully manages the little he has been given will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibility. But he who cheats with the little that they have been given will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. If you have, if you have not uh, handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with the eternal treasures of the spiritual world? And if you've been proven yourself faithful with what belongs to another, why should you be given wealth of your own? And God owns everything in your life. It is impossible for a person to serve two masters at the same time. You will be forced to love one and reject the other. One master will be despised and the other will have your loyal devotion. Your choice between God and the wealth of this world is in no different. You must enthusiastically love one and definitively reject the other. When we have a good foundation of stewarding the money God has given us, we learn how to trust in God in our provision. We have the testimony of God's provision in a way in ways that we uh, that would that when the unexpected occurs, we will not be afraid and shrink back, but boldly go forward in Him. When we build that good foundation in Him in our, in our finances, then we'll have these testimonies that God brings in our life of blessing as we give and blessing comes forth. 
then we've got this testimony of what God is doing. We're able to do more with what God does for us. Then when that storm comes, we won't be afraid because we have a strong foundation of what God will do in our lives if we stand with Him in our place with Him in our proper foundation, our proper finances. Um, the Beatitudes give and it will be given to you. You will, and this is Jesus speaking, they will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over for your standard of measure will be the measure in your return. What is your measure? Is it a thimble? Is it a bucket? Is it someplace in between? That's the measure Jesus says you'll come back to you. Um, so when you are talking about the system of the world, what exactly do you mean? It means uh, we we. Um, it means when I bought, well, I'm going to go buy a car. Instead of asking God, God show me the car that you want, we say, No, I know what I want. I want the one with all the bells and whistles. I want that one. Then then we look at our pocketbook. We can't afford that one, so we go to the bank. And the bank says, sure, I'll give you a loan because you can get a loan pretty much for anything. And they give you that loan. Now you've got this debt. And sometimes, and then you, then you need another car for your wife or your spouse. And then you have, a, so you buy another car. You're financing that. You're financing a boat. You're financing this. Next thing you know, you are sunk into, into debt because you've, you've, uh, gone beyond your means, and, and that's the world system that's pulling at you. By going into debt, by, by not living within your means, by, um, and uh, borrowing is okay if you do it the right way, but we borrow uh, for depreciating things, which is not a good idea. Okay, so <laughs> some of the things that, that this has caused me to think about is, um, is the capital C church locked into a uh, worldly system by the fact that we don't pay taxes? You know, that kind of dynamic. Are we, are our churches, you know, held down? Are there people held down? Um, because we have given over to sort of a, a governmental structure that isn't a part of the kingdom, uh, even though Jesus said, render under Caesar what is Caesar's. Yeah, I, um, so I'm kind of curious if you have any thoughts on that. Well, I believe that God is going to bring, 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 will be bringing revelation in that area because, um, by, because that's why a lot of, like Nancy, she doesn't do the... She doesn't do the right. uh, and so, yeah, we look at it as a tax advantage. And you've got pros and cons. You've got people that say, yes, it's a good thing. And you've got others that say, no, you shouldn't, be a, you shouldn't be a part of that. You should be on your own and, and, and pay the taxes and not have the government involved with that. So being involved with that, we can see what's going on in the world today with the, with the COVID thing. Um, company, if you don't get your employees vaccinated, I'm going to cut off. Could that do to the church? Church? If you don't get your people vaccinated, right. you will not no longer receive this tax. So we're, we're stuck there in this uh, thing. So I believe, my personal belief, is that God is going to bring revelation in that area, and we're going to be free of all that stuff, and uh, we're going to be free in working in the kingdom of God and how he wants to operate 
in the church with individuals that see that. Yeah, because my, my reasoning in that is is wondering if there is a, you know, a, a freedom that we've sort of, uh, not a freedom, but a, a chain that we've sort of placed on ourselves through um, that whole dynamic of the, you know, churches and tax-free and, you know, all that kind of thing. Yeah. But that's good. Thank you. Yeah. On um, what Vicky just shared. I think, you know, if you look at the foundation of this country, this was founded on the Word of God, and the privileges that the so-called tax-free exempt status, it was all because of that first statement that we are granted by this, all the rights are granted by that one creator from whom we get all this inalienable rights. So this country was founded upon that foundation as a nation, like um, when Israel got out of Egypt and became a nation, and that was the whole idea uh, of the founding fathers. So uh, in my perspective, it's not that they're giving us a free gift or whoever is giving a free gift, but the whole foundation of the country was because they wanted to honor God, and that's the reason why these privileges are offered for churches and people of faith. So that's my take. Yeah, and I mean, everything is done, everything is done um, good intentions. But what happens with the government is they take advantage of those good intentions. Uh, there was a time when we didn't have tax taxes. There wasn't a tax code. And then the government introduced the taxes. And, now, and that was when you had to pay your taxes. Now it's taken out of your paycheck. So you don't even think about it. You don't even see it. It just is, go is gone. So um, anyway, uh, bottom line tonight, I hope I've been able to give you a bigger picture of what God wants to do as far as investing in the kingdom and how he wants to do that in your life. He wants to bring blessing. And it all comes through as he blesses you, you're giving in to the kingdom in areas that he tells you to. And there's a lot more to go on that. So, so Richard, you didn't answer my question. Define rich. And let me tell you what I think you're telling me that it's the ability to give to whom and when whom God speaks to you. Yes. You're not constrained. You're not, you're not constrained at all. You're able to... We were able to, uh, when God called us to Colorado, no hesitation. We didn't have to check our checkbooks. We didn't have to look at anything. We said, this is what God is calling us to. We came. It was, we call, he was called us in, in October of, or sometime in that time in 2011 uh, or 10, in the middle of 11, we were here. And so, and we came and we bought a house. That's the freedom that you have when God is wanting to do something with you. Okay. Now, I'm not where God wants me to be. So you're not talking about a certain volume. You're talking about the freedom to say yes to God, the freedom to say yes to the inclinations of your heart. If you want, if God wants you to give 50 bucks to a server or anything along those lines, just be able to listen, say yes, and, and do what God asks. Yeah. And the more you, the more you do it, the more he's going to give you. Sure. So you could be wealthy. I mean, wealthy, wealthy, wealthy to where you could be billionaires. I mean, I don't see that impossible in the kingdom of God for God's people to be billionaires or even bigger than that in God's kingdom because he knows what he's, you're going to do with that money. Cool. So 
Yeah. So next week you're going to talk about the practice of changing our mindset a little bit? Hopefully, yes. All right, yeah. praise God. 